Hi guys, Paul here with a cold open. You might notice that the sound is a little bit different. This is because we were not able to meet up in the studio as we would normally like to. This is because at the time of recording, we're still going through the 2020 COVID-19 virus pandemic. Rest assured, we're going to try to get things back to normal as soon as we can, as soon as it's safe to do so. But uh, and for the time being, thanks for bearing with us. Anyway, on with the show. Hello and welcome to One for Paul, the show where I, a non-pop culturist, get inducted into the world of pop culture by my friends, co-humans, and nemeses. Joining me today is my friend, Mufi. Hi! Hi, Mufi. How are you doing today? I'm good, thank you, Pumpkin. Thank you, Pumpkin. Yeah! It's the best kind of pumpkin. So it's, today... It's leading towards Halloween. Sorry? Pumpkins. We're getting towards Halloween, it's pumpkin time. It is not even August, but I appreciate. <laughs> I don't care. I appreciate your your excitement and my dedication. <laughs> oh, like let's be clear. You're gonna post some. We're gonna post some pictures of your previous cosplays on the Twitter, and people will see <laughs> the lengths to which you pull this. Oh yeah, I'm, Halloween is my jam. It's so. I'm impressive. currently drinking from a Halloween themed bottle. So. Today's movie not very Halloween themed, <laughs> as no, it happens. It's really not. <laughs> If there's an opposite of Halloween, this I mean, this isn't the exact opposite of Halloween, because I feel like the opposite of Halloween is Christmas. Yeah. I mean, it's goth Christmas. I guess you're not wrong. Welcome to Sonic the Hedgehog Day. The day where no matter what else happens, you gotta go fast. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, that's all I had. <laughs> that's all I had this time. Yeah, not all of them can oh. be winners. That's okay. I mean, it's welcome to Groundhog Day such a good film i love this film so you were super surprised by this one like unusually yeah. su surprised that i hadn't seen this why why the surprise well because you quite you, you do quite like bill murray i do like bill and murray I, I figured this would be the sort of film you'd you'd have seen because it's such it's a really interesting what's the word premise that's the word um it's it's a really interesting premise and a very well it's very well done as well okay so you reckon because I like Bill Murray, I would have seen everything, yeah. and this is one of the things. Not everything, but I think this is one of the ones that a lot of people who like Bill Murray have seen. Like it, it's a it's a very Bill Murray fan type movie. I see. So shall we get straight into it? Yeah, let's do this. Fade in to some jaunty horn ensemble music and lovely high speed footage of clouds as the opening credits roll. Ah, those those fantastic clouds. I like those clouds. They're they're super pretty. Mufi, if you could be anywhere in the world right now, where would you be? Middle of a Scottish forest. Ooh, that's a good one. Oh yeah. Well, Phil here would probably be right here, Alco, Nevada, where it's nice and warm. He points nice at it on a blue screen. Yeah. I always love watching people like seeing this sort of thing when you've got like um weather reporters that's it like meteorologists doing these sorts of things and you see the behind the scenes you're like you're pointing at it just it, it's an empty screen <laughs> oh yeah it's, quite, actually, it's quite a skill actually to point correctly oh, yeah. at these things and we see how it's or how it used to be done in the in the 90s yeah because today you can sort of put a screen behind auto cue sort of thing. It, it's uh it's changed a little bit but the premise is still the same also mm. fun when you call a, meteor a meteorologist in the u.s not necessarily uh, in the UK, it is always a meteorologist delivering the news. In the US and Canada, and I think elsewhere too, it's not necessarily their TV presenters. 
right? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, the the person presenting might they'll usually have either a report from a meteorologist who has written it, whatever. But the person on screen usually not. Well, I hope so, because then you've just got people making random predictions, and who'd want that about the weather? Oh, wait. Yep. I feel like there's a certain <laughs> amount of random walk to it, but knowing whether it's likely to snow tomorrow is a good thing to know. Oh yeah, very likely. It just always makes me laugh when you've got the weatherman going, yeah, it's, it's going to rain tomorrow, then it's bright blue skies. You're like, yep, cool, okay. I mean, I feel like that way around nobody's ever upset by, though I was also entertained, like the, when I first moved here at age like 10, mm. uh, I, I lived in Montreal, so normally at that time at least, if it was going to be rainy tomorrow, it was going to be rainy for the day, right? That's It's mm. going to rain tomorrow. In London, it was like a, li- a little symbol would appear on the screen or on the paper that had all the weather all at once yep. all day. Yep. Today it's going to be cloudy, is- also sunny, also maybe a bit of rain, also maybe not a bit of rain, also possibly blizzard, but we're pretty sure it's not going to be a blizzard, so we're going to put some snow and some rain, but that doesn't mean yeah. sleet. No. It it the, the yeah, the British weather, London weather is a fucking what's it onto itself. It's ridiculous. London like, in particular is weird. But like the reporting yeah. is weird because they don't even try to pin their thing on it and be like, it's probably going to be rainy all day, but you know, it might be a bit sunny in the afternoon. They're not going to say yeah. that. They're going to be like, I don't know. Weather. How does that work? <laughs> just, just weather. Yeah. You, you work it out eventually, guys. It's fine. Uh, wear, wear a sweater maybe, or possibly shorts just to be safe. Oh. Wear both and carry an umbrella. Yep. And always also have a rain Mac in your bag because that's what we have to do. No, I, I don't carry a rain Mac, but not the point you know it, it's it's such ridiculous weather in london and i love it it can be yeah uh you don't get stupid rain here though you don't get like That's the not... buckets of rain here you get the little bit of english rain we did a couple of years back had a ridiculous storm in in london oh yeah i know like but that was an work. event <laughs> oh yeah that was an event and in, in montreal we just call that was... rain yeah i think it's the heat it's Might to do with be. the heat rising off the town of the city and stuff. It's probably there's probably like a whole scientific explanation for it. Oh but... yeah, urban heat <laughs> island. It's probably yeah. why we got meteorologists. Phil is a yeah. weatherman, uh seen here in front of a blue screen. Uh also I guess he's also an anchorman on this because he walks over to where the anchor position is. Yeah, I don't know. I don't understand the anchor man thing particularly, because again, Brits don't really have that. Oh, no, you kind of do in a way. Uh, Whoever's doing the BBC News, who's Mm. sort of the main presenter, that would be your, like, anchor person, right? Yeah. They sort of anchor the Yeah, but I mean, like, being a a specific thing, because a lot of our people who do, like, the main bits of the news will then walk off and do bits elsewhere. Like, they will do multiple different parts of it. I guess it's it's structured differently. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. That's what I mean, rather than, like... Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, there's not a specific job called anchorman. No. They don't even have an anchor. No. I think it would be better if all newscasters were required to actually carry an anchor. That'd be interesting. He is being sent to Puxatawney, Pennsylvania tomorrow for America's oldest and longest-running Groundhog Day celebration. Yeah, again, this is another American thing I never get, but I do like groundhogs because they're cute and adorable. (laughs) Yeah, I've never understood the groundhog thing either. I guess it started at this point place where somebody was like well we need to predict the weather and like we don't have meteor meteorological satellites or science yet so instead let's look at this groundhog because that makes sense 
Eh, I mean, if you got nothing else, then you're like, I don't know, let's figure out something. Apparently it's to do with candle mass. Candle mass? Uh, Christian tradition. Oh, I, was, I thought you meant like a, a mass of candle. Well, kind of, because there's masses of candles being given out at candle mass. Oh. <laughs> candle mass. Uh, I guess I'll have to look that up later. My my knowledge yeah. of uh, this sort of thing is a little weak. So, on camera, Phil is pleased about being sent to Poxitani. Uh, off camera, he is uh, less than impressed. I don't blame him. Like, why would you want to do that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, evidently. Well, that's what he thinks, because it's the fourth year in a row. He just sort of shows up, does a report, and gets out as fast as he can. Well, don't blame him entirely. Don't want to be stuck in a little town? Mm, I check quite like little towns. Yeah. Suppose he doesn't like to. Cut to helicopter shots of Pittsburgh? Are they in Pittsburgh? Yes. As Phil, producer Rita, and camera operator Larry drive out of town through some lovely Pennsylvania countryside. It's very. I do like these shots. They're just. It's very pretty countryside, frankly. It's a lovely place. I've been through there. It's really nice. So Phil I've is. I've never been, but I'd like to. Oh, I recommend it. Phil is disdainful of this Groundhog Day celebration, his camera operator for putting up with it, and his producer for thinking positively of it. Well, you know. Also, he dislikes blood sausage. Oh, I don't really blame him. But really? I'm not a big fan. I like it. It's really good. Nah, it's, it's not my thing. Not your thing? Really. That's okay. Yeah. It doesn't have to be. I think my mum likes it, but I'm, I'm not a fan. Oh, uh, okay. We must like things that are the opposite of what our parents like. Oh, yeah, obviously. Always. It's, it's the law. Yes, it is the rules. Also, no one but Larry is wearing a seatbelt. That, yep. We like Larry. Back Be in. like Larry. Be sensible. Wear a seatbelt. As they arrive also. in town, work is underway to prepare tomorrow's celebration. Phil is dissatisfied with his hotel. Fortunately, it's not his hotel. Producer Rita has already sorted it. He's staying at a lovely little B&B. I can't. That, I mean, that sounds like fun. I like little B&Bs. I mean, for a city guy, though, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. For the different hotel. I don't know. He doesn't like this hotel. He's pleased about the B&B, at least in principle. So now when he says the mark of a... <laughs> He says the mark of a good producer is that they keep the talent happy. Oof, God, yeah. And I mean, he's not wrong. That is... No. Like, I'm a producer, and I like to keep myself happy because I am also the talent. But, it, the, the, Mufi, the day that I refer to myself as the talent, <laughs> you need to slap me across the face, please. Cool, I will. we will keep this. Can we just mark this in the history of the One Football podcast that if he ever does that, I'm slapping him. Even if it's on a live stream, I will slap him. The talent approves. The talent. So... <laughs> God damn it, I'm too far away to slap you. You are. You are. This is, you, I'm so far away. So cut to the following morning as an alarm clock wakes Phil for a 6am start. Ugh, the morning radio like here steady. is just as annoying as it is anywhere. As he leaves his room, he's greeted by a man making small talk about the groundhog. Downstairs, the B&B owner asks if he's slept well and whether he'd like some coffee. There's a blizzard, you know. Uh, Phil, yeah, it, Phil is dismissed. I'm going to I'm going to run through this first loop because. Yeah, Phil is dismissive about this chit chat and leaves promptly outside. He ignores the beggar on the street corner and tries desperately to ignore his old classmate 
his old classmate, Ned. Ryerson. Ned the head. He annoys me so much. He's meant to, I know, but like, it's such an annoying Oh, he accomplishes his goal because I'm also annoyed. Am I right or am I right? Or am I right? Am I right? You're very right. Am I right? You're very right. Am I right? Or am I right? You're very right. I'm right. Always. You're left. I wasn't expecting that turn. <laughs> Watch out for that first step. It's a doozy. <laughs> that puddle. I swear. We've that's all had a, moments with puddles like that. That is not a that's a giant hole in the street is what that is. Yeah, I suppose. Cut to the festivities, Still. where Phil arrives visibly annoyed. He greets his producer and camera operator who wonder where he's been. Uh, Rita is excited about all the happenings and is hoping to impart some of that excitement onto Phil, who is not that amused. Yeah, I don't blame him. I'd be kind of annoyed, really. It's been a heck of a morning for him. Yeah. First, they didn't have his espresso. In 1993, they didn't have his espresso at a small town B&B. Because they always have espressos at small town B&Bs in 1993. Let's be clear. This is pre-Starbucks. The word barista yeah. did not exist. Well, it did, just not in American. Uh, I guess... Oh, is it? was it an Italian thing first? I believe so. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. I'm just double-checking that. Sure. So he... Uh, Phil is, however, Italian. good in front of the camera, so he delivers his report well, despite his otherwise open disdain for this event and the people who enjoy it. Uh, side note, I recognize the mayor's voice from somewhere. I'm like, I'm certain I've heard him in cartoons or something. Like, yeah. who is this guy? Uh, let me just get IMDb up. Oh, sure. Yeah. Because yeah. it's a very, there isn't anyone else who sounds like this. Or if there is, then that's crazy. The mayor, um, was it, what was his name? Can you remember? The mayor. I don't know. He had a name. I think it may have been Ralph. Could have been Ralph. I don't recognize no. the name Ralph. But anyway, the groundhog looks like they pulled the groundhog out of this uh, box here. And uh, yeah. they ask it whether it saw its shadow. And the mayor can can interpret this somehow. That means that they're going <laughs> to have six more weeks of winter. That's how it works, apparently. I. It's, it's a folk tradition, right? Like, I don't think it anyone takes tradition. it seriously now. It's one of these things no. in the almanac where it was just like, well, if Uncle Fred's uh, left knee starts to a trembling, then that means you're going to get rain in four days. Yep. It's one of those, right? It's it's a mistaking correlation for causation. And uh, yeah, it's, it's fine. It's how it's how a lot of those little quirks came up. It's, e- it's either that stuff. or you sit around going like, I hope it doesn't rain. Yeah. You know, you've got something at least. I, I think yeah, we underestimate how bored you'd be once all the work is done and you're sitting there going, well, I mean, what? I guess I don't do anything now. Guess I'll this oc- is true. Guess I'll occupy my time trying to figure out more, like, how how do I figure out whether the rain's going to come? Look at the sky? Nah. No, 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 no. Oh, that That's crazy sensible? talk. Look at, the, look at the gopher there. We got this rat here. That mm-hmm. uh, when the rat bites you in just the right way, we know that it means that snow's going to happen next winter. I don't know. I think gophers are quite cute. But like, They're pretty good. Groundhogs. Oh, this groundhog's pretty cute, too. So mm. uh, so this mayor has a real recognizable voice. 
Uh, and I do totally get a weather reporter being dismissive about this idea, but, you know, he doesn't yeah. have to be a dick about it. No, he doesn't, but if he wants to be, let him. Mm-hmm. Cause I... He enjoys being a bit of a bit mean. He does, but who... I can't blame him, really. Cut to the highway, where there's a whole bunch of snow... And the crew are on their way back to Pittsburgh, but it looks like it's uh, the, the road's closed out of town, so they might have to spend the night in Puxatawney. And they have this lovely yeah. interaction as uh, as Phil gets out of the car, goes over to the police guy, the, the state trooper. He says, uh, hey, is there any chance of getting out of here? And No, the road's closed. Go back. Go back or freeze to death. Would you, would you rather go back or freeze to death? I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm thinking, hang on. Yeah. Not so sure. he finally seems to decide that he'd rather not freeze to death. So he tries to call someone on the long distance phone lines uh, on the way back, but that doesn't work because they're all cut, I guess. Maybe. Well, in a blizzard, these are all overhead lines in the US. And oh, yeah. So I was, they, I... those things can fall over. Yeah. I mean, like, it does kind of make me. It... I do forget that phone lines are a thing, were a thing. Cut to the hotel at night, where Phil continues to be a condescending prick. Yeah, that's his theme in this film. Yeah, this time to the bartender. Could I get one of these with some booze in it, please? Ugh. So he's joined by Rita and Larry, who invite him to join them at the Groundhog Dinner. Instead, Phil would prefer to take a hot shower than read a little Hustler. Yeah. Who doesn't love... I No, I'm not even touching that one with the bar, 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 bar. Unfortunately, there's no hot water, so there goes half of that plan. Mm. But, you know, maybe tomorrow will be better. Maybe, maybe. I mean, I, I would like to believe that tomorrow will be better, but... Cut <sighs> to the following morning as the alarm clock wakes Phil for a 6 a.m. start. The morning radio oh, here God. is just as annoying as it is anywhere. Huh. And every single day. They must be playing this uh, yesterday's tapes. Yeah, do they, is, that, is that a thing they do? Or is that just me being weird? Uh, it would be pretty unusual to do. Uh, normally, if you need the day off or something, you'll record an intro segment or something, like in the afternoon for play in the morning. No, fair enough. But, like, playing yesterday's tapes would be a bit unusual. It wouldn't be unheard of. Like, you could do it in a real emergency. Okay, I did. That's not something I really kind of thought of. I always thought it was all kind of semi-live. Uh, it is. It is live, definitely, on radio. But if you literally have nothing, for example, if your guys have gone through, like, if your guys can't get to the studio on time, then, mm. you know, you got to play something. It's either that or dead air, and you don't want dead air. No. No one wants dead air. That's a bad move. Except uh, on a podcast where people love it. Sometimes. Sometimes they like it. Not all the time. This was going to be where I put a joke where I just leave like 10 seconds of dead air, but I don't think it's going to be funny, so let's move on. So, <laughs> <laughs> as he leaves the room, he's greeted by a man making small talk about the groundhog. Yep. I, why? Again, Which that is seems a, a bit weird. It is a bit odd, given that today isn't Groundhog Day, so Phil decides to violently grab this man and slam him into the nearest wall. That would be my reaction, too. Uh, would it? Possibly. Wow. Oh. Remind me never to catch you in the morning. 
Dear, you don't want to catch me in the morning. <laughs> Downstairs, the B&B owner asks if he's slept well and whether he'd like some coffee. There's a blizzard, you know. Just, you'd wonder if people were playing a massive joke on you, but why they would do it. Or like why they would care enough about you in particular, right? Yeah, just specifically you. Today I might wonder if somebody was doing a YouTube, like an elaborate shitpost. Yeah, today you'd question that, but like back then? Yeah, 93 there was no shitposting. No, well. Well, there was, yeah, there was, but like you had to go through a few more steps. Yeah, just a few. <laughs> One of my favorite long. lines in here, do you ever have deja vu, Mrs. Lancaster? Oh, I, I don't know, but I could check with the kitchen. <laughs> I, Mufi, I love this oh. so much. It's such a good line. Such I love that. I love her so much. She's so good. Like it's such, such a good line, and I love it because she's to me. She's just plays that character so well with that whole sort of very. Oh, she inhabits um, this person so wonderfully. Just, I love it. You're right. I love it. I it's agree so completely. Phil is dismissive of her though, and leaves promptly. Outside, he ignores the beggar on the street corner and tries desperately to ignore his old classmate, Ned Ryerson. Oh. Ned the head, who immediately tries to sell him insurance. Watch out for that first that is, step. Again, like, it's a doozy. That. <sighs> oh, and this is where you begin to question whether they uh, accidentally put the previous scenes into the cutting room that were on the cutting room floor back into the movie. Accidentally is one way to put it. Cut to the festivities where oh, yeah, Phil definitely. arrives visibly annoyed. He Hi. greets his producer and camera operator who wonder whether he where he's been. Phil asks her to slap him in the face, which he does. Mufi, you ever get deja yeah. vu? I don't know, I can ask the um the kitchen though. Phil confides in Rita that he's really feeling weird and wants to get some help. He is, however, good in front of the camera, so he delivers his report well, despite his open disdain for this event and the people who enjoy it. And also now, despite sudden feelings of unease at seemingly repeating the same day over again. Yeah, because who wouldn't be uneasy about suddenly repeating the same day over again? That seems oh, like... I don't know how I would react. I don't think well. No. I'd start to question if I was going insane. <laughs> well, he does, because... Uh, so Phil leaves before concluding the segment, uh, increasingly troubled by how weird things are getting. Cut to later, and Phil is in the shower. Unfortunately, there's no hot water. Because he just smells like he wants to shake it off, right? Yeah. You, of course you do. Looks Something like, goes wrong, have a shower. Looks like the long-distance lines will be repaired tomorrow. But what if there is no tomorrow? There wasn't one today. <laughs> also a great line. I'm starting to wonder how much of this is improvised by Bill Murray because famously he doesn't follow scripts. I, I really want to believe that like 90% of it is improvised by Bill Murray. I just, I mean, I love Bill Murray anyway. I think he's a fantastic actor. It feels... Um, I just... No, go ahead. Karen. No. It just, it's so good. I can't often believe that he does that and just ad-libs everything. Uh, to test the crazier end of the what the hell is happening scale, presumably in the hopes of ruling it out, Phil snaps a pencil and lays the broken bits next to the alarm clock so that in the morning, if it's still broken, it's a new day and he'll know that, okay, this is actually a new day. It's not yeah. actually like some weird supernatural happenings. He, he's just, there's something wrong, right? Mm. Cut to the Eat following morning as the alarm clock wakes Phil for a 6 a.m. start. 
Movie, I'm starting to think that Phil is stuck in some sort of time loop. You think? I'm starting sure? to think that. I don't know why, but I'm starting to suspect that this might be a time loop. You think? Yes. Movie, I'm starting to think that Phil is stuck in some sort of time loop. Are you sure? Yes. Mufi, I'm starting to think that Phil is stuck in some sort of time loop. You sure? Mufi, I don't know how long this is going to be funny for. <laughs> it might be worth a just Hey, they must be playing someone else's uh you know, yesterday's tape. I mean the day before's Again, tape? Yeah. Yesterday's tape? I guess the same tape. A tape. Some tape. Oh wait a second, the pencil Phil broke not two hours ago, is intact. Hmm. And on the floor. That's, uh, concerning. Well, as he leaves his room, he's greeted by a man making small talk about the groundhog. Uh, Downstairs, the B&B owner asks if he's slept well, but before he leaves, uh, but he leaves before she can ask him if he'd like some coffee. But, but, uh, frankly, I probably would. <laughs> Outside, he ignores. Well, they don't have uh, they don't have any cappuccino, and he knows this by now. Yeah, that's he's true. been here before. He has been here before, repeatedly. Outside, he ignores the beggar on the street corner and tries desperately to ignore his old classmate, Ned Ryerson, Ned the Head, who immediately tries to sell him insurance. Because that's what you do to a friend that you haven't seen in ages. Watch out for this first step. It's uh, it's a hey, hey, come, I did you left before I could say doozy. I do love that word, though. Doozy is a good word. It's a great. Cut to the festivities, where Phil arrives visibly agitated. He refuses to go on air in front of camera, and uh, asks Rita to join him at the diner instead. Yep. I think that's a fair choice. You've already done it. Why do it again? Cut to the diner, (laughs) where Phil tells Rita that he needs help. Yep. With the lovely line, you're a producer. Come up with something. Which, I mean... Again, as a producer, I'm like both flattered that people think like your producer think of something, please, and also like actually maybe not a bad shout because a lot of the talent of producing is in getting people connected to the right people who can do the thing they need. Mm. So That's yeah, good. maybe yeah. she advises him to get his head examined, which he does, but there's nothing on the X-rays. Uh, but in order to get a more accurate read, like an MRI, he'd need to go to Pittsburgh. Mm. But of course, he can't get to Pittsburgh. Until and so tomorrow. It's never gonna happen. Yes. Though, uh, you Pittsburgh. know, in any event, he really needs a psychiatrist. But I guess this town's resident psychiatrist is, uh, he's, he's new. This is his first day. Oh, yeah. It's how it goes. You know, just sometimes you have a fail. Sometimes you don't. I think we should meet again. Uh, Phil, how's, how's tomorrow for you? Is that, is that not good? Possibly. No, psychiatrist. Psychiatrist really should have been listening. Mm. Man presents with an idea that he will not be here tomorrow. And you're saying, let's see you tomorrow. I'm making no comment regarding psychiatrists. Yeah. So cut to the bowling alley where Phil has befriended two local men and confides in them over drinks. Yep. Because that's how you do things. He regrets randomly talk to strangers. He regrets that he got this day, 
And, uh, you know, he had a great day in the Virgin Islands back ages ago. Yep. Could have had that one again repeatedly. But this one, this one had to be the one, didn't it? Could have eaten lobster, drank pina coladas, and made love like sea otters. I don't know anything about sea otters. I, I know they're monogamous. I think they're monogamous anyway. That's not how you spell monotonous. <laughs> not spell. <laughs> they are the most monotonous of animals. Look at them. All they do is they put things on their tummy. They are adorable. They're kind of great. Phil is evidently a glasses half empty kind of guy, according to one of uh, his barmates here. And uh, we get the line, what would you do if you were stuck in one place and every day was exactly the same and nothing you did mattered? Uh, frankly, that sounds like me through lockdown. Yeah, nothing, nothing we do makes any difference. So. It's kind of great. Other than <laughs> podcasting, which I have to believe is doing something. It's it's changing how the day rotates. I like it, Bye. at least. So Phil's drinking buddy definitely feels this way, too, about his regular life. And outside, the men okay. decide to drive home drunk. Though I guess Phil was drinking from a mug, so it's not clear whether he was actually drinking beer or something. Yeah. But he was, like, at a bowling alley at night. Was he drinking coffee, really? Doubt that so much. <laughs> So suddenly Phil realizes that if there's no tomorrow, there's no consequences, which means he can do whatever he wants, which I guess means that he, what he wants to do, what does he want to do? He just wants to make the world burn and hit post boxes. Yeah, that's the first step in making the world burn, is make yeah. sure that the mail is undeliverable yeah, well, for like you know, an hour. The mail can't be delivered. It, hey, if the mail can't be delivered, the world will end. The police car... Maybe follows them uh, onto the railroad tracks, which is the second thing that Phil hmm. wants to do. Like, which is kind of cool. You know all society's rules? Like, be nice to people and don't drive on the rail tracks? Let's fuck, drive on the rail. Fuck society. Yeah. Yeah. Do that. I, I wonder why the police car follows them, if I'm honest. It's just, it, it, it kind of, well, oh yeah, why does he follow them onto the tracks? Like, yeah, like literally onto the tracks where the, where the train is. That's dangerous. It's very <laughs> dangerous. Like nobody's being paid enough for that. Phil ends up playing chicken with the train because he mm -hmm. figures, oh, I'm sure he'll swerve first. Yeah, that's not how trains work, Phil. <laughs> that's, uh, I think he knows that. But then he crashes, uh, after actually avoiding the train, he crashes into a parked car, uh, then... As the cop approaches his window, he orders he makes a fast food order from yep. from the arresting officer and spends the night in jail. Well, you know, I suppose if you're gonna repeat the day over, you may as well have something. Cut to the following morning as the alarm clock wakes Phil for a six AM start. Mufi, I'm starting to think that Phil is stuck in some kind of time loop. You think? This time he's quite pleased, having just now realized the unexpected advantages of his situation. He could die. He could, could do die. anything. You could do anything, even die. Yeah. I mean, what well, you'd want to, beyond me, but there you go. Downstairs, the B&B &B owner asks if he slept well and whether he'd like some coffee. Uh, do you think they serve deja vu there? I don't know, maybe. Don't... We'd have to check with okay. the kitchen. Outside, he Outside. ignores the beggar on the street corner and knocks out cold his classmate, Ned. Ryerson! Finally, there was some. Fucking uh, Ned. He kind of. I don't know if he was asking for it, because like to Ned, that's the first time he's done it. Hmm. Which is like 
not as bad as three times in a row, which is what which is what Phil's had to deal with. This is true. I think I'd get annoyed with it if it happened every single time. But then again, it would be a time loop. So, and this time, uh, Phil does watch out for that first step, which is sensible. Now Phil has become the doozy. Oh, is this like the Highlander? You, you beat it, you become the Highlander. The what now? Uh, Highlander. Uh, Scottish people. Uh, that's one for the list. Okay. Uh, <laughs> sure. We'll add it later. Okay, sure. We'll add uh, <laughs> something called Highland to the to the list. Highlander. Oh, Highlander. Okay. Cut to the diner where Phil has ordered the entire food. I would personally, if there was no risk of me gaining weight, I would do it. I mean, I mean, I guess I I have once, and I regretted it several hours later. Not on the weight gain thing, but on the oh my god, why did I just eat six thousand calories in donuts? But donuts—they're the best thing ever. Oh, they are six thousand calories of them though, and you're gonna pay for it. Oh yeah. Phil doesn't, or he doesn't think he will. He also decides to smoke some cigarettes, which I find increasingly weird to see in movies. Now I'm thinking about it. Yeah, it's a bit weird, isn't it? I mean, in the 90s it's it wasn't, changed. but like, current day? Now. Yeah, now it's weird. I'm like, what is... Back then. What are say. they doing smoking on a, in a movie? That's weird. Only the bad guys smoke in movies now. Yeah. Well, at this point, he's sort of... I don't know if Phil is a good guy in this yet, as Rita mm. decides to recite a Sir Walter Scott poem at him. Because, you know, that's what you do when you think someone's going insane. You recite a Walter Scott poem at uh, Do you have it? Because I have it. Go on, go for it. The wretch concentered all in self, living shall forfeit fair renown, and doubly dying shall go down to the vile dust whence he sprang, unwept, unhonored, and unsung. Oh, not sprang, sprung, because they needed the rhyme to work and they invented a word to make that happen. Leave sprung alone, it's a good word. I like sprung, it's a good one. I'm putting up there uh, up there with slunk. Slunk is a good word, but not, not used enough at yeah. all. Slunk and sprung. So he slunk to be so used more. He slunk to the icebox. <laughs> That's a reference to a movie I have seen. <laughs> On his way out from the restaurant, from the diner, I guess, he asks a few probing questions to a random woman there about where she's from, where she went to high school, her high school English teacher. You know, the usual not at all creepy sort of thing you ask people before oh, even saying and hello. And also the sort of thing you'd answer to a creepy person. It was a more innocent time. <sighs> this was a time before... I still find that creepy. Sorry? I'd still find that creepy. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it's not creepy. I'm saying I don't know that I wouldn't answer, like, no, I went to, I went to Lincoln High School. What the hell? What? Mm, I suppose. But also, mm. he sort of seems to imply, like, wait a second. What high school did you go? Like, I know you. Yeah, it, it, that is kind of... I, I See, I'd still find that weird, but that's just me. I would probably ask, I would probably have a few questions of my own, and she seems yeah. to, but she, you know, he doesn't answer them for a minute. Nah. Why would he? What's the point? And then repeats those answers to himself as he walks out. Yep. Cut to the following morning as the alarm clock wakes <laughs> Phil for a 6 a.m. start. Mufi, I'm starting to think that Phil is stuck in some kind of time loop. Really? You sure? This time we cut straight to, to 
Oh, my notes have several words that shouldn't be there. This time we cut straight, straight to to Phil at the Groundhog Day (laughs) celebration where he, he sees Nancy and pretends to be one of her old classmates from high, high school in order to persuade her to have sex with him later, I guess. Mufi, I was very tired when I made my notes. I'm sorry. (laughs) That's all right. (laughs) That's, I mean, that's impressive that you typed everything twice, but yeah. Oh, yeah. I, feel better. Mm, impressive is one way to put it. So cut to Phil's B&B where they make out clumsily. Yep. And he calls her Rita multiple times. Oh, yeah. The first time she's like, that's not cool, man. What's that? He's yeah. like, no, no, no. You don't understand. I've always loved you from the moment I saw you, Rita. You called me Rita again. Yeah, I, it's fu- yeah fuck I, it. <laughs> yeah. So like, clearly she doesn't seem to care that much. Not enough to stop him. No, of course not. Because she's like, all right, well, I mean, like, what am I going to do? Put my pants back on? Yeah. That seems like a lot of work. No comment. (laughs) I quite like this this scene, actually, because I've I've sort of... The last couple of uh, One for Pauls I've done, I had a Top Gun, and that had Mm. a super unbelievably choreographed sex scene that didn't feel sexy at all. Those choreographed sex scenes never do. And then we had the Blood Rain one, which was just so, just so bad. Bad. Just so bad. (laughs) Just so bad. bad. And now we have this one where it's like, this feels like a real, this feels like a situation that might happen because it's never sort of a pretty thing to see. It's just sort of like a, let's paw at each other until, until stuff happens. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Let's mash our faces together for a bit. That's how sex works. That is, Did you not know this? Yeah. And then the stork comes. <laughs> yep. And he brings you a small human. Cut. You have to take the small cut, human. Cut to some number of loops later where Phil has seemingly memorized everything around him down to when gusts of wind will happen. Yep. Which is weird. Mufi. But. I'm starting to think that Phil is stuck in some kind of time loop. Are you sure? Phil uses his knowledge of what's going to happen <laughs> to perfectly time a robbery from the truck delivering cash to the bank. Because, I mean, that's probably one of the things I would do if I was stuck in a time loop. I guess it seems like fun to him. And it's like, you got to entertain yourself somehow. Yeah. And it kind of seems like fun to me. Like, you know, if you're not going to get caught for it, like, have a bit of fun. But also if there's going to be literally no harm to it. Yeah. Like, there's no consequences. No one's going to get hurt. No one's going to lose their job over it. Just do it. Go for it. Have fun. He also seems to know all of these folks on a first name basis. So I think we're quite a few loops in. I guess you must be. He he knows. Yeah. He knows when the gust of wind is going to happen. I mean, that one alone, I'd be like, I, mm." Yeah. That would take take me longer than a week. Let's put it that way. Yeah. I mean, it probably took a few months, I'd say. Cut to later that evening when Phil shows up in an expensive brand German car dressed as a cowboy. Yep, I'd do that. No, I wouldn't. But the, the I'd probably buy an expensive car. Oh, you definitely just... would dress as a cowboy movie. Let's be real. Yeah. Would you not? Maybe. You've dressed as everything no. else. Else. Yeah, I wouldn't dress as a cowboy, though. No? I don't know why. It's just not something I'd know. Not your thing, I guess. Not really, no. Would you dress as like a cyber cowboy? Possibly, yeah. Kind of person who ranches those cyber cows. Hey, look, those cyber cows need ranching. They do. 
You got to need cow poking. You got to get that cow milk. Yeah. And sell it at cow market. For for cow money. I think I meant the word cyber instead of cow. So now it's a lot less funny or possibly much funnier, depending on your outlook on life. <laughs> Later that day. Uh, so he's here to see his date who is dressed as. Um, An Indian. No. A Native American. No, she's not. She's dressed as a slutty maid. Oh, yeah, no, she was. My brain, because I, I saw Cowboy in, my, in the movie, I was like, oh, she could be dressed as a, oh, no, okay. Uh, and it's just stuck in my head. She's dressed, yeah, so we, I think Stan Helsing has invaded our brains. Mm. This is the expectation now. God damn it, Stan. But yeah, she's dressed as the slutty maid, uh, because it's like, the, the, this is the, the Halloween maid costume that you find around Halloween. Yeah, the Smithies. Yeah. They're here to see Heidi 2, which Phil has seen a hundred times. Yeah. He greets Nancy as she walks past, calls her his old fiancé, who doesn't even remember him. <laughs> which is quite funny. I Yeah. I liked that a lot. And also, you've seen this movie a hundred times, and I guess at this point he's just trying to find ways to entertain himself, so he's just like going, I guess I'm just gonna find ways to have sex with every woman in town. Yeah, I mean, that's not something I do, but hey, if it makes him happy. I It's not clear whether it makes him happy, but for the moment at least, it seems to be entertaining him. Yeah, at least there's no risk of venereal disease. Although, I have to wonder, are there offset universes from these timelines where he's done these things? Oh my god, that would be so many universes. <laughs> yeah. So he... I mean, there are... Sorry, go ahead. Theoretically, there are a lot of offset, offset universes, just that we don't know about, so... Uh, yeah, multiverse theory is weird like that, because it really seems only to apply to quantum scale stuff. But it, if it applies to macro scale stuff, then that would be like, we literally live in the kind of universe that produces, like, superheroes or something. And one of them yeah. where we're just all fungus. You don't know. Could be true. It could be. It seems a bit strange, <laughs> which, you know, knowing the universe, yeah. it seems likely. Yeah, well, the world is a strange place, and the universe is even stranger. It's true. That needs to be on a mug. The, the world is a strange place. The universe? Oh, man. Don't even. Uh, cut to morning of some other loop, where uh, later down the line, Phil is having a conversation with Rita and seems to be romantically interested in her this time. I think he's always been romantically interested in her. He's just slowly becoming more able to share it. Mufi, I'm starting yeah. to think. That Phil is stuck in some kind of time loop. You think? Phil asks Rita what uh, what she wants out of life, which, uh, according to her, is what everyone wants. Career, love, marriage, children. In, I guess, approximately that order. Yeah, I'd hope so. It's tricky. Well, it wouldn't. It's perfectly possible. But... I mean, I guess you could go children, career, marriage, love... Which, I mean, you end up getting there. It just seems like a suboptimal order. It does seem like a very suboptimal order. But... Phil uh, wants Rita out of life. Yeah, he does. And it, that just, again, as I say, I think he did always, because there was that whole moment where he called, what's her name, Nancy Rita earlier on. Mm. I think there was that whole thing. Oh, he's got Rita on the brain, all right. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Fortunately for him, uh, she compiles a list of traits that she thinks are the ideal man for her, and he reckons that he's uh, really close to being all of those. So egotisticals on that list, though. 
Well, uh, I'm on yeah. on that list is uh, humble enough to mm. know that he's not perfect, and his answer is, "Well, that's just me, though." Yeah, I'm the I'm the most true. humble. Don't you understand? Yeah, oh, yeah. I will drown you in a firestorm of humility, the likes of which the universe has never seen. Oh dear, poor. It just I feel sorry for him, but at the same time, like. Hey. Which is a great trick in this movie, because we have been, uh, I feel like I've been Scott Pilgrimed, if you know what I mean. Like, this is an awful person yeah. who I nonetheless want the best for. Like, I feel like this is my asshole friend, but he's yeah. my friend first, and also, like, yeah, he's an asshole, but come on, right? You've got to kind of, you have assholes with friends, they got to stay around. I guess they don't have to. There's nothing about any of this situation that people must put up with. But I feel no, like oh, I feel like maybe there's something more to this guy, despite the fact that there's zero evidence that there's anything more to this guy. Yeah, this is true. I don't know. I keep the assholes around, but they're just fun to kind of aim at other assholes. So. Okay, I think we I need to it. agree right now that that one must never be a shirt. No. No, that will never be another shirt. God, no, that <laughs> All he got to do is aim the asshole at the other asshole. Never, oh, never yeah. make that. Artists listening, never make that. Don't. And if do you it. don't make that, don't. by all means, don't send it over to Twitter us at one for Paul. Don't, don't do it. Why would you? Why would you, why would you ever Did think you to do that? Nobody ever put that idea in your in your head. Nobody ever said that they would retweet that immediately. I mean, not retweet that immediately. Cut to Phil. Taking a random part out of the broadcast van's engine compartment. Yep. Later that evening, he joins Rita for a drink at the hotel bar. Looks like the van won't start for some reason. I wonder why. Oh, no. Not that it's been sabotaged or anything. Who could have ever planned for this? Uh, Well, I can think of a few people, but nothing. nobody could have that much organization. He orders a whiskey rocks with water, and she orders a sweet vermouth rocks with a twist. Yeah. Cut to the same place about... We've cut to the same place in time, but on yep. some other loop, I guess the next loop. Mufi, I'm starting to think that loop. Phil is stuck in some, in some kind of time loop. You think? Looks like the van won't start for some reason. This time, Phil okay. orders what she orders before she orders it. It reminds him of Rome. The way the sun hits the buildings in the afternoon. Kind of weird for a drink to do that, but okay. He toasts the groundhog, but she wants to toast world peace. Dang it. So, uh, okay, so Mufi, we got to reload the save and um, cut uh, cut to the same place and time, but on the next loop. Mufi, I'm starting to I think that Phil is stuck in some kind of time loop. You think? This time, this time, Phil, this time, Phil orders what she orders before she orders it. It reminds him of Rome, the way the sun hits the buildings in the afternoon. This time he toasts world peace. Yeah. Always toast world peace. Cut to later on as Phil buys Rita some chocolates. Mm, yummy, yummy chocolate. She dislikes white chocolate and Phil takes note of this. And then he buys her more chocolates. I guess so. Oh, chocolates. Chocolate is, as we all know, shortcut to uh, shortcut to love. Yeah, that, that's how love. Well, no. If you pump enough chocolate into a lady, she responds with love. That's how that works, right? Well, it does like up your in endorphins. I guess it I might. Yeah, one of the two. Like it's yeah. a lot of sugar and fat. 
There is a lot of sugar and fat. It makes you happy, apparently. It makes me happy to eat chocolate. I imagine that it makes everyone else happy, too. Possibly. Possibly. Later that evening, Phil and Rita are at a uh, German restaurant, I guess, that serves beer by the Stein, and I approve. Mm. Yep. Always approve of the Steins. Uh, uh, beer by the leader. That's the way to do it. Yep. He laughs at her choice of degree, uh, 19th century French literature, which uh, that's that's a good way to way to go there, Phil. You got to reload yeah, the save that's... now. Yeah, God. Cut to just a minute ago before Phil laughed at her degree choice. This time he decides not to laugh at her degree choice. Mufi, I'm starting to think that Phil is stuck in some kind of time loop. You think? Uh, yes. Yeah, so hilarious. Do you know what he says here in French? I can't remember. Uh, he is, he quotes a lyric from a Jacques Brel song called La Fille, uh, what is the song called? La Bourrée du Célibataire, which means something like, it's, uh, La Bourrée is like a, a dance. It's like a folk mm. dance, but, um, Bourrée also, the verb also means drunk. So, you know. <laughs> It's a 1950s thing, so la bourrée is like, he meant to dance when he said this, and the célibataire is a single person, right? Yeah. And uh, the the line that he quotes is, la, qui, la fille qui j'aimerais, uh, sorry, la fille qui je, que j'aimerais sera comme bon vin qui, uh, mm. qui se bonifiera un peu chaque matin, which uh, in my accent sounds a whole lot less romantic, which fair enough. <laughs> It happens. Quebec is not a I romantic don't. accent. I'm sorry. So it's a better accent than mine would be. Écoutez là, c'est comme ça qu'on parle. Vas tu peut-être venir dans mon char là? Yes. It's uh, it's it's not a, it's not a great. So, but yeah, this is like a 1957 song, and it's yeah. kind of funny in this context because the song's refrain is like "You're not the girl I love," followed by a list of qualities that his dream girl would have. Ah. Right, and this this is line is one of those qualities, which is the girl I'd love would be like good wine, who would improve a little bit each morning. Huh. With the, it also seems to imply like we'd fuck every night, and the next morning you'd be even better. Right, that seems to yeah, be a little the, bit, yeah. That seems to be the implication here. Mm. <laughs> of course, their lovely line: "You speak French, we." Oui. <laughs> uh, gotta tell ya, no. <laughs> he does not speak French. He valiant effort, but he doesn't speak French, and it's quite clear. Well, yeah. I mean, why would he speak French? Hey now, why? Hey now. Why would anyone speak French? Right? French. I hate that I... language. Don't you? <laughs> I can't speak French. <laughs> no, yeah, you're right. It's like it's unreasonable to expect someone to speak French in like he's a Pittsburgh weather guy. Like, why would he need to speak French? I get that. At the same no time, need for him to speak French. Sorry. There's no need for him to speak French. <laughs> There's no need necessarily. No, I just think that it's nice to learn languages. But the fact yeah, that she well, doesn't yeah, no. go like, "Oh, your pronunciation is terrible," is weird for someone who studied French literature, because presumably she speaks French. Yeah. What for study in this at university level? You'd hope, but apparently not. Yeah, well, I would have expected a small conversation in French, but then the actors would actually have to learn French, and uh, you know that's that might be tricky. It might be tricky because it takes a long time to learn a whole new language. Yeah. Cut to outside, and they're building a snowman. Uh, Phil just happens to carry around a few bits of coal and a cob pipe for exactly such occasions. Oh, yeah. I do that as well in the winter. 
He is, uh, I'm getting some bat shark spray vibes from this. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Robin, fetch the coal bits from, from the instant snowman bat kit. That's what we all need. Uh, Instant snowman bat kit. I mean, there's a point at which, uh, you know, there's a point at which being the Boy Scout, being always prepared. Some stuff you just, it's not reasonable to be prepared for. No, you're taking it a little bit too far now, though. Just a little bit. Uh, Some local boys start a snowball fight with them, and uh, they retreat to allow them a romantic moment in the snow. Because that's how romance works. That's how snowball fights work, for sure. Let's just throw snowballs at these two grown people. Oh, yeah, totally. Throw snowballs at these people we've never seen before. Like, they're not part of our community. We're just people over there. Let's throw snowballs at them. Xenophobia. Maybe. Get out of our town. Oh, actually, snowball snowball fights are great. You guys can stay. Also, we're leaving now. Goodbye. Bye. All right. How it works. Didn't actually come across as that weird, if I'm honest. No, it did not at all, but it's just funny to imagine. Thinking about it, it's like, that's a weird situation. But the movie has gripped me so much, I'm like, yes, that is a reasonable thing to happen at all times. Yeah, it worked well. It was very well written. Extremely well acted. It pulled you entirely in. Well blocked, well timed. That's Bill Murray, of course, it was well acted. They uh, now have a dance in a random empty gazebo. Now, here are they... Are they hearing the song that we're hearing, like, on speakers or something? Or are they just dancing to silence? Because... I think they're dancing to silence. Have you ever... Have you ever danced to to silence? Have you ever tried to dance to silence? It's not very easy. It's not easy. They're very good. They must be. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, they're they're professionals. He's the talent and she's a producer, so... Producers don't know how to dance. Come on. Be realistic. Uh, yeah, okay, fair. No, I think they do. Some do. That wasn't some uh, do. I don't know how to, and the, therefore no other one must. That's that. That's it. That's uh, that's logic one rule and stuff. for all. So uh, as they walk back, she's quite happy with the day. It's like a perfect day. You couldn't plan a day like this. Could I think he has? <laughs> Takes a whole lot of work, though. Cut to Phil's B and B, where uh, you know he just wants to show Rita one uh, this one this one thing. Oh yeah, the card tricks. Just just uh, tricks, you know, so. just click on this video. We'll show you one cool thing. You just got to click. It's not. You just got to click on the one cool thing. She decides to fall for the clickbait. I mean the oh yeah uh, the the room bait hotel bait, and they start making out. Of course, because that's how this works. Yeah. Uh, Rita wants to take her time and head out and be like, yeah, this has been nice, but that's all right. I'll see you tomorrow. And Phil, uh, in a desperate attempt to keep her there, says that he loves her. That goes down like a bag of bricks. (laughs) Yeah, but mostly because Rita is super smart. And she now looks back on the whole day and goes, oh, my God, this has been you must have, like, called up my friends or something. I even ate I even ate fudge. Yeah. Okay. No white chocolate, no fudge. Got it. Because everybody, I like fudge personally. I think it's good food. I agree. I wish I could eat more of it. After being told that love is more than just memorizing a list of preferences, he goes, all right, no, no white chocolate, no fudge. That's the key takeaway here. 
because that's how that works. Because, uh, no. because cut to the next loop at the snowman. Mufi, I'm starting to think that Phil is stuck in some kind of time loop. Are you sure? This time, Phil seems a lot more impatient, rushing through his lines and sort of just going through the motions, right? Yeah. And as we all know from playing Dark Souls, trying to rush through to get to where you were is never a smart idea. It's a very bad idea. (laughs) He is just trying to save scum his way to saucy times with Rita, right? Yeah. I mean, I guess people have done that in the past. This is assuming that time loops exist. I mean, I, assuming that this is the only time loop, he has just realized, oh, I could just, like, save the game and yep. just keep trying until something works. Because as far as he knows, yeah. this is just life now, right? And what else, what the reason does he have to believe that it's not his life? He's been stuck like this for God knows how many loops. And, you know, that'd be really fucked up. It would be, I guess. It's around this part in the film where I was starting to think, man, what would I be doing, actually? Right? Because mm. I'd be losing my shit. Yeah, but like we're past losing your shit. He already lost his shit a couple of times. Yeah, it's, and now he's, he's just he's well, hanging out. He's just kind of dealing with it and accepted his fate. I guess so. He's nothing if not persistent because Rita slaps him several times across the face in like eight different loops in a row. Yep. I mean, I I think that's fair. I'd do that. (laughs) I would slap him in the face. I would slap him eight times. Specifically eight times. Maybe? Maybe nine. No, eight. Eight's an even number. I like even numbers. Eight's a good number. And as he walks away from Rita's hotel past some ice sculptures... An an instrumental version of My Way plays, which I thought was a nice touch. It's a very good version. I like My Way. It's a good song, but also the lyrical content implied by the instrumental version is quite hilarious. Yeah. It's good, though. I like it. It works. It was very well done, and it's kind of a very good set for the entire movie, really, because he's done it his way. He has, but his way is... It's not working, right? Like, clearly, whatever his way is has not been working for him. Like, whatever happens, he did it his way, and that's great. But is that good? Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. We'll find it. I mean, eventually it might work, or he might just realize that he's doing it the wrong way. Yeah, maybe my way is not always the right way, but at least it's my way, so that's fine. That's the song, right? That's the yeah. exact lyrics to the song. That, that's the exact lyrics. That's exactly how it works. Next loop around, I guess Phil finds it tough to see Rita, who acts as if nothing happens, because from her perspective, nothing has. Yeah, because why would anything have happened? Yep. Right. Cut again to the following morning as the alarm clock wakes Phil for a 6 a.m. start. Mufi, I'm starting to think that Phil is stuck in some kind of time loop. <laughs> you think? He wakes up, this time reciting... Uh, every day the radio presenters have said the same thing, including don't forget your booties because it's cold out there today. It's cold out there every day. Yeah. <laughs> Morning person thing. This time he recites it saying, don't forget your booties because it's cold yeah. out there today. It's cold out there every day. And this is where I start seeing Bill Murray's acting chops and thinking, wow, recontextualizing stuff is great but you rely so heavily on the actor to deliver it well and he does 
completely nails it. And it's, it's beautiful, and I love it. <laughs> mm. It's very where he is right now, right? Yeah, he does very because he does. He plays the characters. He always plays the character so well, mm. and there's always just this whole level of yeah, that's that's really good because he just pulls it off just incredibly mm. well. Uh, that evening, he's watching popular American quiz show that you answer in the form of a question and knows all of the answers even before they've been asked, which leaves the B&B lady visibly shaken. Yes, which is... I mean, I don't blame her. I'd be confused if somebody did that to me. Yep. I mean, again, he's been through this loop enough times that he has memorized that episode of Jeopardy. I mean, a popular American quiz show. <laughs> They're not paying me to say their brand name. I'm not saying it. Don't say their brand name. So, cut to another loop where this time his reporting is a bit more cynical, to say the least. I think after however many hundreds of loops, he probably would be. Mm. I'd be cynical. And for several more loops, he smashes the alarm clock on waking up. Yep. Again, I do that, but then again, I do that to alarm clocks anyway. I don't like alarm clocks. Oh, no? <laughs> no, I'm not a big fan of alarm clocks. Oh. I mean, I, I like them when I need to get up at at a time because they help me wake up at that time. I always sleep through them. Oh, always. Well, you see, I, I so do I, but that's why I set like six of them. I I, I do, and then people get annoyed. Staggered <laughs> some amount of minutes between three and seven minutes apart, so that I don't actually have time to snooze back across and actually picking up the phone and canceling all seven alarms or whatever. It's so much yeah. work that I'm awake now. Which is sort of the same thing. Oh, fair enough. I just don't. I, I, I sleep through alarms no matter what I do. So. Oh, no. That's awful. Yeah, I'm terrible. <laughs> so, some number of loops later, Phil seems to have decided that the groundhog is to blame for his trouble, and he must be stopped. Yep. Mufi, I'm starting to think that Phil is stuck in some kind of time loop. You sure? So he says goodbye to Rita and proceeds to steal the mayor's pickup truck, wherein is inhabited by the groundhog. Yep, that bloody groundhog. I love that groundhog. It's very good. Mufi, why would anyone steal a groundhog? Uh, To stop... He, maybe he thought that the groundhog was the reason. I mean, he did think the groundhog was at fault for the, the time loop, and that stealing the groundhog mean that the time loop couldn't start because it wasn't said. Maybe if he doesn't see a shadow... Yeah, or does which way maybe around that's does how it? this works? Uh, if he does see his shadow, it's six more weeks of winter. Oh, okay, maybe if he doesn't see his shadow, then the nightmare will end. Maybe, maybe not. There's a lovely little line from Larry here, where Larry starts to be characterized as a person and not just a put upon camera operator. Uh, where yep. he's asked, "Why would anyone steal a groundhog?" Oh, I could think of a few reasons. Pervert. <laughs> Yep, that creeps me out, but what can you do? Uh, I like Larry still. Yeah, I like the actor. I've seen him on a lot of other things. I do but... recognize him from something, but I can't tell what. Um, He was in Scary Movie, I believe. I think He's been in a fair few things. I think I might have seen Scary Movie when I was in high school. I forget. You're not missing much. Okay. <laughs> Rita and Larry pursue the police car, which is pursuing Phil. Because that's how chases work. 
Phil starts teaching the groundhog to drive, I guess, and corners himself in a quarry. Again, it's what you do in a chase. Yeah, you let the groundhog drive in a chase sequence. Yeah, that's what I do. Then again, I'm crazy. Looks like the police officer might need to shoot him. Oh, no. Oh, well, that's one way to end the round, the uh, cycle, isn't it? Yeah, gun safety Is notice, it? that policeman really needs to watch his muzzle discipline, because it looked to me like he leveled that muzzle at uh, at Rita, as he was un- yeah. un- un- uh, what's the word for the thing? What you can- holstering. Unholstering, thank you. So, that's not the way you're supposed to do okay. that, but, you know, it's not as flagrant as okay. I've seen mishandling of firearms in other movies so i'm uh i'm gonna give this one a pass oh you're gonna get cool you're giving him a chance i'm giving him a chance on the basis of like it's fine but like also you're gonna shoot the guy for stealing a car at a groundhog i get you but you're gonna shoot you're gonna kill a man for this you're not gonna grand theft groundhog you're not gonna shoot out the tires you're not you know what i mean there's no other options Uh, i want to say america but like that's a bit too political. Um, <laughs> well, it is set in America. This is the way that, uh, and it's an American production company, so this is the way that Americans are characterizing their own police. I yeah, don't, it's their own fault. I don't see it as wrong to suggest that they're characterizing something the way that they're characterizing it. Fair. I just, I, I find it wrong to kind of be like that, especially with American things. Um, but yeah. I guess so. so I'm, I'm not criticizing American people. I'm saying this appears to be... This appears to be the way in movie land they've decided, yeah, mm. this is a normal way for police and mayors to behave. Shoot the guy in the Apparently. face. Don't hit the groundhog. All right. Like, you, there's there's only one policeman and one police car, eh? That's, that's how this works, right? Yeah. It's exactly how that works. Is it? I don't know. I don't know. Normally, there's more than one police officer, yes. In a department. Oh, well, yeah. Because otherwise the department isn't much of a department. It's just like one man. It's just a person. Phil decides to drive his truck straight into the quarry, over the cliff there, landing hood first onto the rocks below. So, yeah, I mean, he's done. There's no question. Larry reckons he might be okay, which, I mean, no, but also definitely not after the explosion. Also, yeah, there's an explosion. Yeah, all the explosions. Has to be explosions. I um, yeah. Yeah. I guess. Because Hollywood, all cars are just ready to explode at a moment's notice for no hmm. reason. They're badly wired with uh with their gas lines. Oh no, yeah, you're missing out. There's a button right under there, a secret button that just makes the car explode on a moment's notice. Here, let me show you. Yeah. <laughs> Cut, explosions cut to the following morning as the alarm clock yeah. wakes phil for a 6 a.m start Mufi, i'm starting Ugh. to think that phil is stuck in some kind of time loop are you sure phil walks downstairs in his pajamas this time grabs the toaster without so much as a word and then proceeds to electrocute himself yeah uh, this is where things get dark just for a little while things got real dark nice. Side note, when I say electrocute, yeah, electrocute, I literally mean, like, people use the word electrocute to mean, like, they got an electric shock, right? Yeah. It's not what it means. No. no. Oh, you know this one. Death. 
No. Oh. It's just death. Well, uh, it's it's a portmanteau of electric and execute. It was yep. uh, it was a word invented to describe death by electric chair when it was first being developed. Oh, cool. So nobody alive has ever been electrocuted. No. They they've got electric shock. I'm just clearing that one up so that when I say he electrocutes himself, I literally mean he dies. And uh, you know, we see him then stepping in front of a, a truck, a big old truck, like a moving van, and jumping off a tall building back first onto concrete. And uh, I guess each time he must legitimately die because here he is being identified by Rita in a morgue. Yeah. And that's just weird in so many ways. He literally is coming back to life. Yeah. Like, that's... Well, I guess that's how it would work. I guess it's how it works this time. Maybe. I don't know. Some number of loops later. Uh, Mufi, I'm starting to think Phil is stuck in some kind of time loop. Are you sure? And Phil reckons he must be God, or a God at least. Just one of them. I mean, I, I can't blame him for jumping to this conclusion. He's literally tried to kill himself. and Not not like it was a suicide attempt. Like, he literally did commit suicide several times, which on its own, that sentence implies some level of immortality. Yeah. But I... I also quite like the weird juxtaposition of levels here where he announces, I am an immortal. Uh, special today is blueberry waffles. Yeah. <laughs> Doris is so good. <laughs> Doris is great. Like, so well written. This is the other thing that I love being accomplished in this movie so far. It's that all of these ancillary characters are actually characters. They're They're not just background people. No, they're written really well. I suppose because of the fact that he learns all of their names and does that whole thing, they have to have as a back. They have to have that existing as a backstory. Well, also, uh, have you ever lived in a small town for for any extended period? Or yeah, I lived above a pub in a small town. Oh, yeah. Well, then you know, right? Like even if you don't meet people, oh, yeah. you end up knowing who people are on sort of a cursory and, level. Like, oh yeah, it's, yeah, uh, and they know who you are. That's Jim. He ru- he runs the plow, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's got like a winter plow he does in the winter and that's his business. And then he's a little handyman during the day in the summer. Right? Yeah. yeah. That's Jim. That's how it, it's that's weird. Jim. I know two things about Jim and that's his character now. Whereas if you're setting out like a cityscape kind of thing, the thing we're more used yeah. to these days. Like I don't look at anybody in London and go like, oh yeah, that's, uh, that's Sally. She runs the you know local, she's the general manager of the local bank or something. I'm like, I, that's not something I think about anybody. They're yeah. just in my way when I'm trying to get my tube to somewhere. It, it, it's one of those things. I've never under, kind of, I get the whole small town mentality, but at the same time, I'm like, I don't want to be anything to do with this. I just don't want everybody to know who I am and three things about me yeah. at all times. I hate that. I find that super intrusive. So maybe I'm just not cut out for small town life. And yeah, I respect people who are. I like the idea of the community and everything. It's, I guess it's oh, just yeah, not the for idea, me. Oh yeah, it's great, but... It's too much. In order to demonstrate his godhood, he starts reciting his knowledge of people in the diner. Because that's how you do that. He also knows an uncanny amount about Rita. Which concerns her. But and the clincher. Why wouldn't it? He predicts that Larry will show up and writes down exactly what he's about to say. Which actually would probably be like, okay, do that three more times and I'm convinced, right? 
oh yeah no i think i'd be like oh cool you've yep cool okay i trust you now okay i now believe that you are in fact a god i understand now i'm speaking to an immortal yep that's how things work so apparently cut to later when rita reckons that you know let's let's assume it's legitimately happening like let's test it like let's uh i'll hang out with you all day and we'll see what happens yeah because yeah i mean that again i probably would do that i'd be like yeah okay prove this to me now thank yep well it once you got over that initial like should we even accept this hypothesis as being worthy of testing mm. then you're like okay well let's can we find a way to test this this is one way to do it so they spend uh all day i guess or all night throwing cards into a hat for a while to pass the time yep and then and uh you know get he has phil has some advice for her He's like, oh man, I must need to practice. Yeah, you know, I could practice for a year to do this and not get it. Eh, six months. Easy. Four or five hours a day? Come on, be the hat. <laughs> I love this so much. It is great. So, but also, this guy is, for all of him saying, I think in this scene where he's like, well, you can't be making it up. And he's like, no, I don't think so. I'm not that smart. Yeah. He has memorized an immense amount of stuff including how many like if there's no way to track on a calendar he can't write down anything and save it for later right anything he writes down is going to be erased the the next loop he has to remember everything which should be kind of terrifying and take forever i mean it's not like he doesn't have time but also when he says he's no. not smart i don't buy it i think he is quite smart in this way of like yeah. he can absorb information quite readily just doesn't like to admit it or doesn't think that that qualifies as smart because he's not doing the other thing of synthesizing stuff into new ideas but he sort of also does that a bit mm. so uh mufi yeah here is my favorite line in the whole movie is this what you do with eternity yeah like they're sitting around pretty much just wasting time by throwing cards into a hat which granted is a nice way to pass some time but is if you had eternity this is the way you've decided to spend it yeah well if you've done everything else what more can you do i guess so uh but i mean i had i legitimately had to sit down after i heard that i mean like i was already sitting down but i had to sit down somewhere else yeah i just to take a break yeah it's it's quite a a deep line it is but especially at the time where i've watched it where we've watched it uh this is sort of uh we're we're still going through the 2020 uh covid19 pandemic at the time of recording sort of Mm. but i'm looking back at the way i've spent the last like four months and going what have i done with eternity as it were right like I'm, i'm forced to be in one place what have i done with it and I'm, yeah. I'm wondering about the choices that I've made about how I spend my time, and maybe going forward, how like this is this is a throwaway line almost in a, in a Bill Murray comedy, and it's it's so good. Yeah, it's it's one of the it's a great line for any movie. It rings really well in this one. I like I do like it in this film. So quite sweetly, Rita decides to stay after midnight when she'd assumed that one of them would like turn into a pumpkin. I guess. Yep, apparently that's how it works. Uh, well, mid- there's nothing that says a midnight has to be has to be the magic hour, right? No. I think it is it's when he goes to sleep. Or when he loses consciousness. Maybe. It appears to just be 6am, though, because he's awake at, like, 4am. 
Mm. Maybe that's what the clock says. It. I don't. It. It's never fully explained. I think, if I remember rightly, that. Say if I remember rightly, I watched this a few minutes ago. Um, it's never really fully explained mm. as to how that works. It just does. I guess so. I mean, at a certain point in in another movie, in another context that wasn't quite so earnest and sweet and lovely and well made, I think you know, hand waving away like, eh, this is, don't worry about it. It's fine. We yeah. we'll, let, we'll follow us on the story here, please. I think I would be more annoyed by that. But here it mm. somehow doesn't feel hand wavy. It feels like he doesn't know either. Right? Yeah. It's like, Why would I know if going? Phil doesn't? Yeah. And Phil certainly Which doesn't. Which I like. I like that a lot. So uh, they spend the early morning cuddling as Rita falls asleep and Phil tells her finally how lovely he thinks she is in all kinds of ways. But I guess she's super sleepy and she only sort of hears a bit of that. Hmm. It is just Cut. very pretty. She's super pretty. Yeah. Cut to the following morning as the alarm clock wakes Phil for a 6 a.m. start. Ugh. And he wakes up alone, just as he has every day. Poor Phil. Uh, yeah, poor Phil. Oof. Mufi, I'm starting to mm. think that Phil is stuck in some kind of time loop. Whatever gave you that idea? This time, something seems different, though, because as he passes the beggar, he gives the beggar a big old wad of cash. Yep. Then he I goes would... he goes up to, uh, we, we haven't talked about where the festivities are happening yet, but it's a place called Gobbler's Knob. Yep. I... This name was not invented by a British person, eh? It might have been. <laughs> Who... Oh we yeah, like, like some twelve-year-old just called it that one day, and everyone was like, "Yeah, that's the name of this place now." Yeah, that's how it works. Always. That's where we go to gobble knobs. Yep. Oh, God. For any Americans listening, this is funny for reasons that we'd uh, ask your mother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ask your friendly British friend. Yes, as he gets to Gobbler's Knob for the festivities, this time he brought coffee and pastry for Rita and Larry. Mm. Because, you know, this is where you start seeing a change in the character. Yeah, he actually works and behaves like a professional. He sort of yep. scoped out a new spot and asked a few people where do you think uh, get the best angle here. And he asks both Rita and Larry their professional opinion on camera position and mm. uh, even offers to carry some of the gear. Though normally you don't want to like camera operator can carry the camera. You you let them do that bit of the job. Yeah, that's I, you, frequently that's an insurance thing. So you know, carry his pastry, right? <laughs> yeah, always oh, it's just take the pastry. Be fine. Still though, it's very nice of him, and uh, he spends the rest of the morning reading books in the diner while listening to Mozart on the radio. Just very beautiful piece of Mozart as well. I do like Mozart. I mean, it's like. Yeah. Everyone loves Sonata 16 C major because, of course, they mm. right? Yeah, it's it a good one. It's a very good one. Also called He's Sonata just... Facile, which means mm. easy sonata. He, said, he writes just some very beautiful pieces. Certainly does. So uh, I guess hearing the sonata gives him an idea, and he mm. goes to find a piano teacher and, and... and asks her to kick out her current okay. student for a thousand bucks. To teach him piano. Yeah, because that's how it works. <laughs> I'm Look, if someone wants to give me a thousand pounds to teach them a music lesson, 
and I'm currently yeah. doing a music lesson for 35. I'm scheduling them in next, right? Yeah. A music lesson's like 20 minutes, usually. Right? Oh, 20 minutes, half, half hour. Half hour, yeah. Hour if it's a very long. You can keep Depends someone what waiting learning. for half an hour. Yeah. But like... You could try. Still, a thousand bucks. I don't blame her, but I'm also like, it's kind of a dick move on his part, because he's like, kick out your current student, I need to learn. Yeah. I suppose he's thinking that it won't have any effect on the next day anyway, because the student's never going to remember it. I guess that's true. Uh, cut to the following morning, where what follows is a montage of him practicing and getting good at a real, just a bunch of stuff. Yeah, that's how... If you had the, I mean, frankly, if I had every day repeating over, I probably would learn piano. I probably mm. could have actually learned piano during this, but my piano is very attuned. But you, you also probably still could. Yeah, oh yeah, no, I totally could. Just I need to get the piano tuned. Mm. He speaks Italian to the man making small talk at him outside his room, then recites a poem about winter. Yep, because that's how you scare people. Well, this man seems to be rather pleased by this. He has this big old smile on his face after that interaction. Mm. Yeah, I mean, maybe he's Italian. Maybe he just really liked being kissed on the face by Bill Murray. Or maybe he's just like, that's a lovely poem, and I feel good about myself now. Thank you, sir. Yeah. When's the last time you said good morning to someone and they recited a poem at you? I think that's nice. It it feels earnest here. It feels nice. Right? Yeah. It's weird, but it feels nice. Yeah, well, there's lots of weird people. So Phil has also decided to take up ice sculpting. Again, why the fuck not? I mean, partly here, I was like, dude should really be wearing some eye and ear protection. But I, given the circumstances, what kind of long-term damage are we really going to be looking at yeah. here, right? Like, yeah. So I still think he ought to be, but yeah, I get it. So his piano practice yeah. is also improving quite a bit. Yeah, He decides great. to just really troll Ned Ryerson. Yeah. By making Again, a pass I'd at him. Again, I'd probably do it. Yep. I would. I would quite happily do it, frankly, just to really fuck with people. Yeah. Yeah, 1993, I guess a lot of men would have reacted like Ned reacts here by like, he literally runs away after being hugged. Yeah. Which and is hilarious. It is hilarious. I, I'm, I was trying to think like, how do I feel about this portrayal of like how people react to homosexuality? And I think the film overall is doing pretty well in gay representation because like there was a gay yes. waiter earlier at the diner. And it was just like, and he's gay. Like, yeah, I am. Yeah. And then, uh, sorry. Yeah, exactly. It's not a thing. It's just like, this is a thing about this person. As in this person has like, he sharpens pencils very quickly yeah. and also is gay or something. Right. Uh, you know, it's, it's presented matter of factly and mm. we're supposed to laugh at Ned's homophobia, which, you know, I'm calling this a win. That's a good way. It's a very good representation and I like it. It works. I think it's great. Uh, later, very well done. Sorry? It's very well done. Mm. Later in the evening, Phil finds the homeless man freezing out in the cold, and he brings him to the hospital. And this just, this did make me cry a little bit, I'm not going to lie. Uh, yeah, I teared up a little here as well, because the doctor informs him that the old man has died. I guess it was just his time, but Phil wants to see his chart. Yep, he doesn't believe it. Well, he. I think his thinking is, I believe it. But if I understand what's happening, then maybe I go back in next loop mm. and I go to a doctor earlier in the day 
and I say, hey, yeah. listen, take care of this guy. I think you might want to have a look at his doodly-doo, right? Yeah, and it, it's good because it, it shows a whole it, – it shows the evolution of his character. Like, that is an entirely different person from the start of the movie. It is, because at first, I think he reacted to this situation – I don't want to say with nihilism necessarily, because nihilism is more than this, but he, he mm. figured the absurdity of this requires, well, I guess I'm just going to do whatever I want to do and fuck everyone else because yeah. literally I can't help anybody, right? There's, there's no way any, out of what he's Not doing. in any lasting way. No. Whereas now it's like, well, I guess, I mean, I can make him feel nice now. Now is still Okay. Yeah, that you're doing something now. May not be long term, but mm. you know, it helps. What follows is a very sweet few scenes where Phil brings uh a man he now calls Pop to the diner and buys him just a big old meal, gives him like a couple of bowls of soup and two big plates of food. It's great. It's lovely. Yeah. And then it's in an sweet. alley where despite CPR and mouth to mouth mill, uh Phil just I mean, Phil presumably spent a great deal of time learning how to do this and training it, but yeah. Pop still dies. It's nothing he can do. Nope. Cut to some other loop. Mufi, I'm starting to think that Phil is stuck in some kind of time loop. You sure? Where Phil has become an orator of such quality that the rest of the reporters from competing stations start pointing their cameras and mics at him to hear what he yeah. has to say. And I didn't note the exact speech, but it really is a lovely speech. It's about Russia and winters and stuff. I can't oh, it, remember it's, what it was. Uh, when Tolstoy went through the long winter, he noted that uh, the only thing keeping them through it was the warmth of the people's hearts. Yeah, and that's Yeah, it, and it's like, if the people here are as warm as they've been to me, then uh, they they have a long and lustrous winter ahead. Yeah, that was it. It's something like that. Uh, if memory yeah. serves. So it's a lovely speech. Uh, and as uh, Rita says, hey, would you like to grab some coffee? He goes, oh, I would love to, but I do have a few errands to do. Yeah. She's like, so, errands? Yeah. Errand one, uh, save a boy from falling out of a tree. Yep. Uh, errand two was ladies in a car. Yep. Their wheel is, uh, that's the flattest tire I've ever seen. So oh, he, gotcha. He jacks up the car and uh, replaces the tire with a new one, or the wheel, actually, with a new one. Yeah. Errand three, uh, save the mayor from choking. Yep. Which is great. Just uh, it makes a comment on, you know, you need if you're going to continue eating steak, you need to have sharper teeth. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. And yeah. uh, errand four, uh, on the way out, just light, light that lady's cigarette, which, again, I'm like... It's weird to see smoking on cameras already still. I, I'm pleased that it's weird to see smoking on video now. But it's, it's you know, as you say, it's good. It's not a bad thing. Yeah, I mean, she's going to do it. Here, let me help you. So, cut to Larry, who is uh, talking about... So, his he's not smooth, Larry, isn't? No, really not. You remember Nancy? Yep. You remember oh, Nancy. Nancy. Blonde hair, went to Lincoln High School, squeals like a chipmunk when she's really excited. Yep, poor Nancy. I can't <laughs> help but feel sorry for her. A little bit, but she doesn't remember it. No. She wasn't she, she well, fundamentally she wasn't there. No. Sort of. Kind of. 
Who knows? It's not explained. But I'm not upset about it in this one. I'm not ex- I'm not upset that no one's explaining it because I think explaining it would be a bit I don't need a scene where yes. someone says, "Ah, oh, you know, it's the midichlorians, though." Yeah. That's what it is. Much. Cut to so we're watching Larry going, "Yeah, you know, the thing about my job is people just think I point the camera and that's it." But there's a lot more to it. And of course, I agree. You know, cinematography yeah. is a lot of hard work and operating camera in a sort of live news gathering way is also quite a different set of skills because it's not like you can do the takeover normally at least right no it's it's got to be done there it's a one shot thing yeah you have to get a it the time. you have to get it maybe you only get it once so you know uh but he he uses this uh as his pickup line for Nancy who is uh, visibly unimpressed mm and I wouldn't find it amusing. But yeah, I was going to ask blame you, her. as pickup lines go, how, how does this strike you? Atrocious. Uh, Mufi, would you be at all yeah. interested in seeing the inside of the van? <laughs> that sounds dubious. I have my van right there. Yeah, I would I not get any equipment. van. I would get in nobody's van. That would not be happening. <laughs> it's just, they couldn't have written this better. They couldn't have written this better to, to, this is so good. So they meet up with Rita and go to the party. Mm-hmm. Looks like Phil is already there, though. Yeah. Yeah, Nancy tells him this. Which is funny, because yeah, turns... how does she know Phil? Yeah, how does anybody know Phil? Because turns out that Phil's gotten a whole lot better at piano, too. Yeah, to the point he can play jazz. Uh, well, I, I call this boogie woogie. Like this is rock. Yeah. This is sort of more rock and roll adjacent. But yeah, it's, it's sort of jazzish. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so nice of this piano teacher to let him sit in on her gig for a bit too. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. you know. Well, it's nice. Him. You know, it's uh, it's a good thing to do. You know. So uh, though, my dude, look, speaking directly to Phil here, if you're going to call a boogie woogie reharmonization of Rachmaninoff's 18th variation on pa- on Paganini. You've got to at least call a key. Yeah. That shit ain't so, in the real book. Nope. Just just tell them. I mean, I love key, it. Yes. It's great. And they've, I guess this has been his song with um, with Rita through the movie. Yeah, I suspect so. But yeah. It feels like a leitmotif, doesn't it? Just a little bit, yeah. Even if I don't recognize it necessarily, because they're doing it quite subtly. Like, it's not ever mm. like, here is exactly the same song because here is the person. Yeah, it's quite. I like it. It's it was very well done, and it's a good piece. It's it a is good, it's like, beautiful. Transition. I thought. So, beautiful. but again, oh. if you're going to call that, like you haven't rehearsed yeah. with this band, have you? Is that what we're um, going with? Doubt it. Like the band is they just very know. good to just pick up on all of that right the hell away. Yeah. Some are, I guess, but I wouldn't say they were ever that good. I mm, I don't care how good you are. You're not a mind reader. Yeah, that's what I mean. Is some I don't think there's anybody who could be that that good. Oh yeah, then we're agreeing. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. As Phil and Rita dance to a slow song together, a series of the folks he's helped come up to thank him. Yeah, which is just a whole confusing the shit out of Rita. Yeah, which is hilarious. She's like, "Uh, what? You saved that the couple. Fuck? Why are those people calling you Doctor Connors? What's the fucking? What's going on?" Uh, including the young couple who got married earlier that day. I guess they're yeah. here because this is a joint Groundhog Day wedding reception? Question mark. Apparently, I. Mm, or they passed through just to say hi. 
because they were so grateful. Maybe it's that. Yeah. Or maybe they just didn't want to make a big deal out of it. Anyway, Phil gives maybe. them tickets to uh, WrestleMania. Which they then do make a big deal out of. As a wedding present. <laughs> I mean, it's a good wedding present if you're into it. Uh, yeah, if you... Uh, sorry? Carol, if, if you're into it, yes, totally. But I mean, they are. And Phil knows yeah. this because he's Phil and he's been here before. He's met them. Makes him happy. Perceptive as always, Rita correctly figures out that there's some kind of shenanigans occurring. Just something. She's not sure what. Yeah, and he explains it to her, but we don't get to hear that because uh, we cut to the mayor beginning his announcement for the charity bachelor auction, and Phil gets volunteered by Debbie to be up first. Yeah, it's just weird. I, At this end, uh, it's just then it just the bachelor thing really the bachelor auction always gets me never understood it but i mean it's uh at its base it was like you know you can bid on this man and all day he'll do things like wash your car or you know fix your whatever it was that sort of thing right or serve you mm -hmm. lunch yeah it, it it's just a funny sort of way to collect money for a charity right yeah so and typically it's like your friends so it's not like a stranger will be up there and you're like, I want to pay for that human. I wish to rent this human. That would be weird. That'd be very weird. Yeah, it is. It's like normally, again, in a, in a small town setting, it's like, oh, that's Fred's mm. kid. Yeah, totally. You know, I'll pay 20 bucks to have him wash my car in an afternoon. Why not? You know, make me sandwiches. All right, later. You, you have the afternoon off now. Or like yeah. you might not even call them on it. Mm, you might just it's, deal with it. It's an excuse to give some money to charity, right? That's really yeah. what it is, right? At least where okay. I've seen it. So there, yeah. there, it's a lot less creepy in real life than the idea seems on paper. Is all I mean. I suppose. Where, did That's you have jokes answer. about it being creepy though? Because by all means, not really. I just always found it odd. <laughs> yeah. It's a very. I don't even know if it's done anymore, right? Because aside yeah, from anything no else, idea. if you're. Uh, well, let's let's go through. So as he, so the bidding is uh, pretty good, and he even goes up to like sixty dollars before mm. before Rita bids three hundred and thirty nine dollars and eighty eight cents, which like yep. clearly. So this lady just carries around the equivalent of like eight hundred quid in her pocket, current day money. Yeah, roughly. I mean, I wouldn't know why, but some people. Do. I guess if you're a producer and you had cash in your pocket to pay for production costs during your stay, then okay, you might have a thousand in your pocket, right? I, yeah. All right, I get that. Fine. Still though, if that's production money, that's not your money. So she has like yeah. 340 bucks of her own money, which again, in current day uh, stuff is more money than that. I don't know. I don't get considerably. it. Considerably. It's weird. It's uh, it, people are weird and movie logic. Maybe it's pre-internet, or pre-internet, pre-debit cards? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know the 90s. I was there, and I still don't know the 90s. Uh, yeah, so up next, though, is uh, is Larry, who volunteers himself. And uh, the bidding goes up as high as 25, 25 cents. cents. Which, uh, oh, poor Larry. This is why I don't like these, because it's like, when it's all cute and everybody's like, yeah, 50 bucks, 60 bucks, ah, yeah. The person who's not bid on is like, you there. The community has decided that you are undesirable. Go back to your, hole, just... now. your hole now. Go back, live in your hole, Gremlin. Uh, yeah, but that's the side of this where I'm like, I'm glad it's less common now, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's just, it's just weird. Oh, hey, look out. It's Ned Ryerson, who is now Phil's new insurance broker. Because why the fuck not? <laughs> yeah, why not? Buy, you know, buy all the insurance from him. And, you know, Ned's, uh, you know, Ned's growing on me in a way. Yeah, I don't know. I still kind of get to my nerves. Yeah, a little but... bit. I mean, he's over enthusiastic, but he also seems oh, like yeah. a good dude. Like, yeah. I, like I don't know if I invite him to the barbecue, but like, mm. would I do business with him? Yeah. Yeah, I suppose. Cut to outside where Phil is making a nice sculpture of Rita, who is quite patiently waiting despite the cold. Yeah, keeps moaning about the cold, but quite patiently uh, waiting. Muffy, artist perspective. How long does something like this finish uh, take to finish? Because I, I don't really I have mean, a conception. Sculpture like that would take a really fucking long time. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out like how long have they been out here? Alternately, how fucking good is he now? Right? At least a few hours. Okay. At least. And even then, like you'd have a blob. Uh. I mean, some people might, but considering the temperature outside and the fact that your body temperature, you're not going to be using your bare hands to make the ice melt and be malleable it's it's tricky mm. so like this would th they've been out here for a couple hours even if we're saying that he is like ungodly that skilled good. level yeah like he's worked 10 years in time or something just to learn this one thing at least yeah uh, uh in a lovely romantic moment it looks like phil has accepted that he has to build up his entire life from scratch every day but that the effort can be worth it because there will always be a tomorrow, even if tomorrow is today. Yeah. That's kind of how... It, it's the, the moral. He has learnt something. I guess, but I mean... I guess we have an advantage over him in a way, because it's, uh, it's nice to be able to say... It's nice to be able to say, like, oh, well, you know, if I had every day the same, then I would be able to memorize stuff and do whatever and learn and do it. Yeah. But on the other hand, he has to build up everything that he has every day mm. from scratch. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He has to rebuild every relationship he's ever had every day. Which is just, that must be really hard. I, and really, really I think it's telling that he calls it his errands. Yeah. Right? But what it's lovely set a, of errands, in a way, right? Like, it's, oh, I yeah. need to help people, I need to save people. I guess maybe groceries? I guess also maybe groceries. Maybe. Maybe he learned to cook, it's too, still... who knows? Oh, that would have been cool. Always spend time learning how to cook. Mm. It's a useful skill. Oh, yeah, I, it's my hobby. I really like it. And Phil and Kit, uh, Phil and Kit, Phil and Rita kiss sweetly and walk into the fairy lit night. Cut to the following morning as the alarm clock mm. wakes Phil for a 6 a.m. start. Mufi, I'm starting to think that Phil is stuck in some kind of... Wait. What? That's not the normal song. That's a different song on the radio. And the DJs are saying something different. Mufi, Rita is here. He's not in the time loop anymore. He's... Phil doesn't believe or trust this for a while, so he pinches Rita, which is... Which she, mean, she puts but, up know. with this. Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess he <laughs> he's sitting there going, but but you're here. Why are you here? Why are you here? Because she doesn't understand. I mean, obviously, you'd be you'd be confused if you've been through a time loop however many times and had somebody go to bed with you however many times and then wake up with them not there. They're waking up with them actually there. You're like, oh, what the fuck? I mean, he's very pleased about it. Oh, yeah. 
And who wouldn't be? <laughs> and her answer is, he's like, "Why are you? Why are you still here?" Well, you said stay, and I stayed. You said, "Yeah." I said, "Stay," and you stayed. I can't make a collie stay. <laughs> I love that. It's line. a great line. And holy shit, Mufi, it is in fact tomorrow. And this tomorrow Success. is not a today tomorrow. It's an actual real life tomorrow tomorrow. It's a tomorrow tomorrow. Tomorrow. Sorry. <laughs> and Phil, <laughs> Phil isn't a jerk anymore. Yeah. Except presumably still to that one girl who he kicked out of her music lesson. Apparently, but you know, fuck it. It, it happens. You can't make everybody happy. So as Phil and Rita walk outside together, they decide, they decide that maybe they'll live here. They'll live maybe rent first, see how it goes. Here in Punxsutawney. Mm. And fade out as they one. kiss and al- and they kiss and almost like being in love by Nat King Cole plays. And Mufi, this uh. movie... It, wow. Yeah. Wow. It's so good. Ask me questions it's- about the movie. When you went into this, what did you think was going to happen? Here's what I knew about this movie going into it. Bill Murray, time travel. Yeah. I, we had, the last episode we did was Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Yeah, I was expecting things. like a silly, I was expecting like Bill Murray cracking jokes the whole time. I was expecting uh, just the this, this silliest, dumbest time yeah. travel nonsense. And I am so pleasantly surprised because, first of all, it is technically time travel, I guess. But first of all, it's kind not of. on purpose. Like, he is yeah. the victim of a time travel thing, I guess. Second, they're not, like, trying to examine sci-fi like the 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 intricacies of time travel, which, as much as I do love science fiction, time travel, timey-wimey nonsense. I, Wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey w- stuff. Yeah. Absolutely right, yeah. Yeah, that thing that only sounds funny in British. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> Wibbly wobbly. Oh, that's a large list of things, I have to say. There, yeah. But uh, I, I thought it was just a weird... I, I thought it was going to be a lot dumber. I thought it was going to be just a comedy romp. I thought maybe I would be looking forward to something like a Blues Brothers almost. Wow, was it not that. It's just such a good film. I, it, It's just... It's so good. It's so good. It's good in so many ways too, because this this uh, setting, I guess the the time loop thing is itself, I guess, a setting. Yeah, it forces me as an audience member to really get to know one place as the main character learns yeah. it. It's it was just so well done. The, the the cinematography was great on it as well. Like it was it was played really really well and really straight as well. Oh, like yeah. to a point. Anyway, like it was played very straight to a point and I loved it. I did. I still love it. It's still such a good film. What what are like the big highlights or takeaways you get from this movie? It's it was kind of the fact that it feels a little bit like a Christmas carol in a weird way, if that makes sense. Like I follow. He he you know, he has to become a better person for the time loop to end, but doesn't realise this. Like he isn't given the, the 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 guidance that he was given in like the Scrooge, yeah, yeah, Scrooge was given in in Christmas Carol. He has to learn that himself. And I guess yeah, I guess like how would you even yeah. come up with that answer unless you got the three ghosts, right? Yeah, and it's it's the idea that eventually you know when presented with this whole idea of having to better yourself in order to move forwards, you will get there eventually. 
but even then, I think what's really nice about this is that his uh, call it redemption arc. I guess mm. it's not an external thing. It's not nothing could possibly be external to him except for the direct feedback onto him from whatever. And in a way, yeah. it's like nice that he gets those sort of do over days. But it's, I just but, but it is there's something sort of prodding at my brain, going. Uh, you, you know, weirdly, where I got a similar feeling is playing uh, Stardew Valley. Mm. Have you played Stardew Valley? No, I have it, but I haven't played it. So it's a you should play it. It's a game where you farm for mm. whatever, and uh, various stuff happens at various times in the village, right? And you can go into yeah. town or whatever. The whole thing is that there's a clock running, and every day you can only accomplish so much. So you sort of decide what you're going to do that day and do it. And if you don't get back to your uh, house and get a proper night's sleep every night, then there are penalties for that, right? So okay. it is sort of like a simulator in a way, but it's that same sort of, I, you know, I could decide to just do nothing, or I could decide to just do something bad or pointless or wrong, but, you know... I guess I'm just gonna gonna do something different. So like, literally every day you have to wake up and it, it it would be like Stardew Valley. I wonder if someone's made a Groundhog Day Stardew Valley mod where you literally have to replay the same day over and over. Maybe that might know, be really interesting. But yeah, th this is what I mean. Like, the 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 fact that here's a character who has to consciously decide every single day this is what I'm doing. Like, there is no easy mm. solution. Like, well, I guess I have a job, so therefore the path of least resistance is go to the job, right? Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a very interesting uh, concept. It is. I like it. I find it so good. And, and of course, that uh, the line where it's like, so this is what you do with eternity, eh? I go, yeah. oh, geez, uh, I feel I feel the character staring at me in real life as I'm looking around my room going, I should I should mop the floor. Right. Like, yeah. I should, uh, when's the last time I wiped down the counters in the kitchen? I mm, yeah. what am I? It's tricky. This is what I do with eternity. eh? Mm. OK, I'm I'm a, I'm, I'm going to make something, I think, later. I'm going to I'm going to practice piano some more like I'm, do things. And I hope that that's what I can take away from this. I really do. I, I Unlike a lot of the movies that we've been watching and a lot of the stuff I've done on One for Paul, I feel like this one, like there isn't like a, there isn't like a fairy tale moral to the story, but there sort of yeah. also is, you know? Yeah. And it, it works and it's, I, I like it. It's kind of morally, but without being morally. I guess, sense. I guess, in a way, it is sort of uh, a morality tale. Like, uh, yeah, you could be, you could fall into nihilism, but sort of, it's also the exact arc of um, uh, "Thus Spoke Zarathustra," because the whole mm. arc of that is, yeah, you could fall into nihilism and then immediately think, well, I guess nothing matters, so I'll do whatever the hell I want, and then finally, you you end up going, well, I mean, if if nothing matters, then you may as well be good, which is the end of Thus Spake Zarathustra, which is the part where yeah. nobody really talks about because they prefer to think of Nietzsche in quite simplistic terms. But anyway, yeah. so it's, that's sort of my, I like this so much, movie. It's a really good film. I, I'm having trouble even putting it into words in a way, which I, I get is sort of my job, right? But yeah, it's, it's, it's so, 
I, I I think this this movie now means a lot to me, whereas I I don't know if a lot of other movies mean a lot to me. Mm. Yeah, it's it's got a very um deep meaning. It's always been always makes me feel a little bit better. It's it's quite hopeful, isn't it? Yeah, it is very hopeful. It's a very sort of it gives you kind of hope that the world will be all right again. But more than that, the world can be all right, provided we do right. And I really mm. like that message because you know, a lot of the old like morality tales are like, and remember not to speak back to your mother. And you're like, okay, well, no, all right. <laughs> I get it. You're trying to tell a child, this is how we expect you to behave. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I like it. It's good. Like yeah. It. My, my one word review. I like it. Good. Which That's I'm three aware, I, I'm perfectly aware, Mufi. <laughs> it's Not my review. I make the rules. Okay, fine. Society I has told me that a one-word review must be th- must be only one word, but I refuse, Mufi. Okay. I'm going to drive this car straight into three words. I like it. Cool. Oh God, what have I done? I've harmed people. <laughs> I must. Re- I'm tomorrow. First thing. I'm going to wake up and I'm going to do a one word review. In fact, I'm going to do it right now. Awesome. It's right. It's very good. It's it's awesome. Oh, I mean, I feel like we haven't been, I haven't been as funny as I've normally been because, oh my God, this is just so earnest and wonderful and lovely. And there's nothing to make fun of. It's a, this is a, is this a perfect movie? I wouldn't say it's perfect. It has, you know, there there are some bits in it that you could kind of get annoyed with, but I think it's it's as close to perfect as you may get. Mm. What do you reckon would need improving though? Like if we were making this, I don't know because I'm I'm not a director or a producer or anything like that. So for me, it's it's I know I'm aware that like nothing is perfectly perfect. Everything is is flawed in some way. Oh sure. But actually, I suppose in saying that, even if it's a bit flawed, it's perfect. So. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, the whole concept of perfect (laughs) on its own, right? But let's say perfect for this purpose means as good as it can possibly be. Oh yeah, and it definitely is. Is this the is this the pinnacle of this art form? Have I have I found it? Have you shown it to me? I'd like to think so because it does. I don't think I've ever seen any other movies where they've done the time loop quite as well as this because in like other movies and tv shows when they do the time loop they're going oh well i've got to find a way out of this time loop and the person then starts searching for a way out oh and that way out is always a MacGuffin. yeah it's always it there is always some kind of specific way out whereas in this he didn't he just continued going on and repeating the process over and over and over again and eventually the whole thing all that he needed it as i say it was kind of like a christmas carol type thing all he needed mm. was really just to kind of improve and care about something outside of himself like mm. the actual the the macguffin in this essentially is giving a shit about the rest of the world not just yourself mm. so it, it you but in in like other movies it's always like oh well there's this scientific thing and you could go back through this portal and they're surrounded by like you know people who know science and and stuff and they have all this help and they then have to memorize it and somehow all these people have really good memories which always gets me but you know it's i i think it's never done quite as well as by this movie because you haven't got all that ridiculous extended stuff of you know hey look science it's like he's just doing what a normal human being would do if they were stuck in that situation he's definitely not doing a janeway if that's what we're talking about yeah yeah 
or a someone else that has well, had it happen. Well, if we just redivert the power from the shields to the trilithium, uh, to the trilithium core on the alien ship, and have that feed back on itself, passing yep. through the the Watchamahuzit, well, then we can get back in time. Yep. Yes, Captain, but how do we get back forward in time? Well, that's the easy part. We'd just reverse the feedback loop such that the power and like, okay, guys, look, you you wasted ink on this. Yeah. We but, found yeah. an alien thing. It can make us go back in time. That's all yeah, you need. That's all you it's okay. Yep. And it's the thing. It's it's done very well. If you're going to MacGuffin, MacGuffin hard. Yeah. That's a, that's a shirt. If you're going to MacGuffin, MacGuffin hard. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Murray requires no MacGuffin. That's also no. Bill a Murray shirt. does not require a MacGuffin. Uh, Bill, Bill Murray is amazing and he's MacGuffinless. <laughs> Bill Murray is eternal and MacGuffinless. Yes. Oh man, Mufi! If we don't stop this, we're just going to keep yelling at yeah. each other about how amazing this is and how lovely. Oh, yeah. I, I just want to end off by saying thank you, Mufi, for potting with me, and thank you for showing me. What I think is now my favorite film. I I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if I have a, a film that I think is better. That that's high praise for a film. And also, it means a lot to me that you're the one who showed me this because uh, it's wow. Is this lovely? Thank you. Yeah, it's no problem. I'm glad that you've finally seen it because right. it's just. Now we need, now we need to move on to the rest of the movies that I haven't seen, and people are like, "No, no, no, Paul, you d you're you're living half a life, buddy." It's gonna take a while, but we'll get there. Oh yeah, <laughs> soon I will live a full life, having seen all of the movies. People think that I'm living half a life for having not seen. <laughs> we'll get there. It'll take a while, but we we'll will. Get there. Thank you for joining us on One for Paul. I've been Paul. I've been Mufi. Oh, and also we have a Patreon now. Oh yeah, we do. We probably should have mentioned that. that earlier. We got too intense. We got and, like, so involved intense. in this. We got so excited, Poofy. <laughs> so excited. So excited. It worked. It's let's, a good film. Let's do a thing at the end. What for doing the Patreon? Yes. You, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash one for Paul. Give us tea money. Or coffee money in his case. The the far superior. Superior? No. Haha, <laughs> you said no! it. No. You're on record now, Mufi, as saying yeah! the coffee is, in fact, <laughs> the superior beverage. No, it's inferior. Coffee is inferior to tea in every way. Do we need to start a bid war on who believes that coffee and tea is better than one another? Tell you what, I've got, I've got, I've got an idea. You have? So okay, go we'll... visit our Twitter and go for one for Paul. At one for at Paul. At one for Paul on Twitter. We will post a picture of a cup of tea. And then later on, a picture of a cup of coffee. Whoever likes, it's, whichever one wins and likes is the superior. That's not gameable at all. Anyway. No. Uh, <laughs> guys, honestly, it's, it would mean the world to us. And thank you for your yeah. support. Or if you can't throw anything our way right now, we also understand times are tough. And we hope yeah. that our show has helped you uh, take your mind off things maybe for we a little bit. We hope that we bring a little bit of light into your otherwise boring groundhog loop it's been a very long groundhog loop through this whole it thing has. and i'm glad that we've been, we've managed to do some stuff together yes and do important interesting stuff we've been one for paul thanks for listening yeah yeah and see you next time bye thank you again for listening to one for paul 
You can find us on social media and keep up to date on what we are doing behind the scenes. We're on Facebook and Twitter at one for paul Doozy is a good word. I wasn't expecting that turn. Wibbly wobbly. <laughs>